what we do here is go back, 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 back. Hello and welcome to Turbo Geeks, a short format pod where dope people talk passionately about dope topics. On today's episode, a preview of the 2019 CrossFit Games, plus my predictions on the podium and more. What is the CrossFit Games? If you're not up to speed already because you aren't a CrossFitter, um, think about CrossFit affiliates like the one I own. If you were a member at that facility, you would be essentially just doing like pickup games of CrossFit uh, every day that you would attend. And we have most athletes in our gym averaging like three to five times a week. Uh, so that's obviously their way to sweat, um, and it's it's like an amateur uh, race. All we do is gamify our workouts, and that's how we keep it fun and fresh. Um, so if if that can be competitive, that would be like your your pickup games, your recreational basketball. The CrossFit Games would be basketball at the Olympics, not just testing what's going on. Uh, in the states or in our country, but all around the world. So the CrossFit Games are the the highest is the apex of the CrossFit side, the sport side of CrossFit. Up until the 2019 season, the path of the games would be something like this: athletes would compete in the CrossFit Games Open, which is an online competition over five weeks where athletes perform workouts. Um, and enter scores online, ideally accompanied by video uh, for review and proof of, you know, holding on to the exercise standards uh, that are shared when the workout or the workouts are released. Sometimes it's just one workout. Sometimes there are two or three parts to it. Um, But that's what we we would look for. And then uh, people could rate your performances through your video online as well to to say that it was a good video or you know you didn't hold on to any standard so none of your workouts should count a number of the people who would qualify through the open would then move on uh, to the regional competition where they all get to play each other face to face over the course of a weekend Uh, so whereas the open is you, you could essentially perform it at your home gym or in your garage or something like that Regionals would pull all those qualified together uh, on the same weekend, face-to-face, in the same heat, so on and so forth. Uh, And the podium from those regionals, I believe they would go like one through four. Um, They would get an invite to the CrossFit Games. The CrossFit Games would feature about 40 athletes in each individual division, uh, and then there would be a team division as well, who would go through more than a dozen events over a weekend it started in Aromas, California on a ranch. It then moved to Carson, California at the StubHub Center, which is now, or was the Home Depot Center and then became the StubHub Center. And then a couple years back, they moved it to the Alliant uh, Center and Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin. And that's where it currently is right now, although the contract for that venue will end after next year, in 2021. Uh, here's hoping that it comes back to 
California or somewhere on the West Coast, so it's easier for me to get to. Anyways, um, nowadays, athletes will qualify as national champions through the Open, which would mean they must be the fittest in their registered country, uh, and then that's how they earn a berth to the Games. Regionals disappeared in favor of sanctioned events, um, also known as sanctionals via Arm & Hammer where CrossFit HQ essentially released the sole responsibility of running these events, now allowing other fitness businesses uh, to run their own qualifiers, challengers, challenges, throwdowns, and festivals, such as like Wadapalooza in Florida, uh, the Granite Games in the Midwest, Strength and Depth in London. These are like really popular events that weren't quite the games, but a, a fun way to like be surrounded by a whole bunch of like-minded individuals, fans of CrossFit, the sport, as well as, you know, people who want to move from the amateur, like, I just work out a lot, to I would like to be competitive in this stuff. Um, first place winners in these sanctioned events also get an invite to the games, and there's this long, complicated process in which that uh, if you qualified through winning a sanctional um, and you also qualified through being first place in the open for your uh, country, then you would only be using one of those things. So I believe it was like uh, if you won your country, you're automatically going. And then let's say you won your country. So if I win the U.S., then I'm the U.S. Uh, male CrossFit champion, and then I go to, let's say, Wadapalooza, and then I win there as well. Well, I already have my berth from winning the Open, so the invite from Wadapalooza would then move to second place. And then let's say second place was the fittest in the UK. Uh, so we both, first place and second place are Open champions, then the invite from Wadapalooza would now move to third place, so on and so forth. Um, it is pretty complicated, and I'm sure you can find uh, uh, more eloquent speakers on this subject. But, the, you know, there was like the the Rogue Invitational, which happened uh, just a, a month or two back, and everyone who, who was invited and showed up essentially already was going to the games through either... Um, the open qualification or by winning some other sanctioned event so i feel like like 11th place at that event ended up getting the invite because everybody else had pre-qualified already so it's it's kind of crazy but also kind of cool um in that you're going to get a lot of people who can essentially show up to all these different things um and that's where we're at now so we had this year about 15 different sanctioned events, um, which crowned a bunch of different champions, uh, individual women, individual men, and teams. Um, so th this also changed the format of the games. This year, instead of running multiple heats throughout the entire weekend, which would pre be, uh, be pretty boring because, you know, by that last day, everyone knows the fourth and the third heat uh, unless you ha you're a big fan of one of the athletes in those heats, you didn't really care because no one was going to move that much. Um, this year, they're, they're going to have multiple cuts. So they're starting be because of this open qualification. Um, 
they're starting with over 150 athletes in the first event, and then they're going to cut down to 75 uh, for the second event. Then after the second event, they'll cut to 50, uh, and then they haven't released it quite yet. They just shared the numbers that uh, after 50, they would cut to 40. After 40, they would cut to 30. After 30, they would cut to 20, and then they would have 10 on the last day, which would be pretty cool because at that point, like, we are just testing for the, the fittest, right? Uh, the cool thing is, like, for those who, let's say you you ended up being the fittest in Botswana and you showed up, but there's no way you're going to catch anybody else and you're just happy to, to say that you're a CrossFit uh, Games athlete and you aren't moving past the first round, that you would show up, you would throw down for that first event, you got cut, and now you get a free ticket to the, to the games and you can hang out and all that stuff. Not to, this, not to the indoor stadium because those are actual seats, but you had everything else for the outdoor um, venues and all the other things that don't require uh, a stadium seat. Um, along with releasing responsibility of running the qualifying events, CrossFit HQ also released almost all of their media responsibilities. Uh, it's... I think I talked about this in a previous pod where they just straight up quit social media. Um, so their Instagrams are gone. Their Facebook is gone. Uh, instead of a high quality feed with color commentary and all that jazz that we're kind of used to from previous years uh, that they worked with like CBS for CBS sports for, uh, they're doing something called the world feed where they're going to have a produced feed. They'll still have camera, um, high-quality camera folk on the ground recording what's going on uh, as well as, like, the rep counting and the timing and all that stuff, but they're not going to provide commentary on top of that. What they're doing with the world feed is allowing people to uh, do their own commentary for their own feed. So, you know, instead of going to, like, the the CrossFit.com YouTube or whatever we got stuck with the last couple of years where we had to, like, you had to like watch through ESPN or ESPN three or whatever they call it, uh, that they wanted to say like, Hey, we'll essentially open source this and anybody can do whatever they want. Plus this is pretty cool because they're trying to become a world sport, obviously with the world, the, the, uh, national champions that now people can take feeds and, and speak in their own like native languages. Um, so you can check out like, uh, morningchalkup.com has a great article on all the different feeds that are going to be out there. Um, so you'll you'll have obviously a bunch of English speaking ones, the American ones, the Australian feeds. You'll have uh, some feeds in the UK, but then you can also have a Spanish feed and a Mandarin feed and a Cantonese feed and uh, so on and so forth. So I think it's pretty cool that they're going to be uh, allowing that thing to happen uh, and if you know that's something you're interested in go check out that website go find those links and uh mo- i think mostly everyone's going to be streaming off of youtube uh so there's they'll still do uh interviews they're still going to have um common uh, people doing commentary at the actual event and i believe the they'll just like that's what will be on the world feed so you could just watch that plane if you if you'd like but don't expect a lot of the like media packages that pop up in between the breaks uh, or commercials 
or what have you. Um, unless you're checking out something, I think probably one of the better feeds will be the Rogue Fitness feed, if not the Morning Chalk Up one. But I know Rogue obviously has a little bit more money than most of the others. Plus, they have a great commentary team of Sean Woodland, who was a previous CrossFit HQ color commentary. Um, Annie Sakamoto, one of the CrossFit OGs, one of the original Nasty Girls, and Dan Bailey, uh, plus a, a bunch of others, I'm sure. Uh, so check out those feeds. I'm I'm probably going to be watching a lot of the Rogue One, if not Morning Chalk Up, and then I'll you know mess around and see some of the other things. But because they're essentially allowing all these uh, external press things to show up, I think it, it, we're actually going to do pretty well this year as a whole. Um, because I know a lot of internet people and I know a lot of Reddit just fucking hate on everything all the time. And we're like, this is the death of CrossFit. Uh, for those who speak that kind of mess, like just leave. No one needs you here. Uh, plus you're not part of the community that we, like we care and are passionate about at that point. Right. Um, so that all said, there's going to be, a, a, I think, you know, down the line, a large number of committed groups and, like, businesses who will plan to stream or build their businesses to get to this point where they have large audiences and, and can do that kind of stuff. Podium Predictions. The last bastion of official CrossFit social media is Twitter, if you weren't aware. Um, they have an at CrossFit account, which is just like all the stuff that you would get from um, the website and whatnot. Uh, just general CrossFit for everybody kind of thing. And then there's a CrossFit Games account, which is obviously about all the competitive side of it, the sport of CrossFit, and obviously everything that leads to the CrossFit Games. Uh, as well as the sanctionals and the open and all that, they post or the CrossFit Games account posted a "Who You Got" featuring a fill-in-the-blank top three for individual m women, individual men, and teams. Uh, I obviously responded to them, um, and that's kind of what prompted this uh, recording today. I was like, "All right, let let me not just share it, but let me let me go in depth and talk about you know why I chose who I wanted to choose." So. We'll start off with the individual women. Number one, Tia Claire Toomey. I think she will be the first ever three-peat um, champion for the women. There's, there have been multiple two-time in a row, but never three. And I think Tia Claire's training has been super solid um, because she moved to Cookville, Tennessee. And, you know, that's where... Rich Froning and uh, Mayhem are. That's where Matt Frazier is. And Tia and Matt have been working out together. Um, so I think they're, you know, they're on a different level. Uh, she's going to run what, run away with it, very similar to how Matt Frazier will do for the men. Number two, Sarah Sigmund's daughter. She's been always on the outside looking in um, since... She appeared as a rookie a couple of years back. Um, physically gifted athlete, but a lot lacking in the mental game. Um, 
and it, it's easy for her to like get down on herself uh, and she you know self sabotages a lot so uh, I think that because she actually has a coach this year and I think the coach knows her really well and he doesn't like try to fix things he tries to move around things um, that she's she's gonna do way better than expected this year and I just threw her up in a second because I think like she's she's hungry and she'll she'll make the push and the kick but it won't be enough to catch Tia in third place Annie Thor's daughter you know I'll, she is like one of the uh, veterans of this game now even though she started when she was super young back when the games were still at the ranch in Aromas um, her first muscle up was at a CrossFit games it was crazy uh, so I think she's got the the clout to win it again I'm gonna look this up real quick but I believe you know she she's been a mainstay and obviously a previous champion she was one of the first uh, she was the first repeat uh, women's champion um, so obviously that's that means a lot for her right there uh, but oh, let me pull let me finish this but she's been putting in her work she obviously knows how what the sport requires and demands to be at the top uh, and she's been so consistent for such a long time that like I have no doubt in my mind that uh, she'll she'll do really really well so there you go uh, last year she got in 2018 she got fifth Annie did and then in 2017 she got third and that was one of the ones that really surprised me because a lot of people wrote her off I believe she won 11 and 12 13 was Sam Briggs, 14 was Camille, 15, 16 was David's daughter. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> and then Tia Claire won in 17. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. Uh, she's been so consistent for such a long time that I think she could she could make the, the push and, and get there again. Um, and then I, I think uh, I also added it for just this podcast in my notes here but the fourth place uh person i think for the individual woman will be amanda barnhart she was a rookie last year and i think she's kind of like the future of competitive crossfit for the ladies and hopefully you know we don't get a lot of americans unfortunately in the in the women's uh individual stuff you know tia claire is from australia uh sarah Sigmund's daughter, Annie Thor's daughter, Katrin David's daughter all represent Iceland. Um, so I would love to see Amanda Barnhart bring uh, the American flag up there. Uh, that would be pretty cool. I don't think she has enough to actually get on the podium this year, but she's going to get really close. And, you know, just like everybody else, when you get really, really close, it makes you that much more hungry to train harder for the next year to show up at the next games. Individual men. I think Matt Frazier, like I alluded to before, will run away with this yet again. Even though this is a whole new process and stuff, he has murdered all the events that he's uh, been in. Um, I think he showed up to the first sanctioned event of the season, which was uh, the Dubai Fitness Championship, and he ran away with that. 
Um, I forgot how he did at the Rogue Invitational a couple of months back, but, you know, he's a killer uh, when he wants to be, right? And he doesn't like to leave anything left on the floor because he's been burnt twice, uh, getting second place his rookie year and then second place the year after that, losing to Ben Smith because, you know, the, the weaknesses got to him. And then since then, he's been that dominant uh, because he he knows, right? And... Yeah, he he's like the 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 dude to beat right now, and I think that he's still in his prime, so no one else is going to touch him. Number two, Pat Vellner, uh, the Canadian man, physical therapist or student of physical therapy. Uh, he'll make a push. He'll do better than he's done in the previous years because he usually starts his games weekends off with some like really bad starts, but I think he'll do well. Uh, it just won't work out because Matt Frazier's going to be that much better. But Pat's obviously a guy to look for in the future. I think just on the right day, Pat could beat Matt. Um, but I don't think it's this year. In third place, this is my dark horse pick, but I think it's going to be Travis Mayer um, of CrossFit Passion and the Training Think Tank crew. Uh, he's one of my favorites because he doesn't get that much talk because he's not he does he's not in the the CrossFit like social media zeitgeist as much like he has people who kind of put him in there but uh, he, like there's this whole joke within his gym that his name is Travis but a lot of people call him Trevor because they forget his name is Travis and that became like his alternate persona and like going full send and workouts and stuff uh, but you know. Training Think Tank is run by Max L. Hogg, who's also Noah Olson's coach um, and was Noah Olson, I think last year, moved up so that Travis and he could like be workout partners, um, which brings me to my fourth pick, Chandler Smith. Uh, this will be his first. This will be his rookie year at the games, but he's appeared uh, at regionals as like a like a holy shit. Who is that? Um, army guy, super athletic. He's ripped to shit. His chest is huge, um, and he's a he's a really cerebral athlete. Like he thinks really well, and like uh, he's been jumping around. So I I follow a lot of what Misfit Athletics does, and I follow obviously a lot of what Training Think Tank does. But you know he shows up from and works out with the best so he's been with misfit and those guys and i think they claim him uh as one of theirs but he's obviously worked a lot worked out a lot with travis and noah and max at training think tank um in georgia so he is over there doing a lot of work and like learning from the best and obviously he's not it's not limited to those two groups but he's out there and he's doing the work I think he's going to be the dark horse who, uh, the other dark horse who like shows up. But he's the young guy, so he's he's going to make some mistakes that I think uh, are completely avoidable next time. But because this is his first time on the big stage, he might like lose his head uh, somewhere, kind of like what Matt Fraser did last year with like he's about to win a workout and he's doing chest to bar pull ups, but he turns his head to see where everybody else is and. That causes his chin not to get over the bar. Last rep, gets a no rep, he has to jump back up, and he already lost because the other person's already on the run. I think something like that might happen to Chandler, but I also expect him to win maybe one, if not more, events. Um, And that's that. Teams. 
three big ones, four big ones. Mayhem Freedom, I think, with the inclusion of China Cho, who is a uh, a misfit, um, I think, you know, they they look fantastic. They did the sanctioned event in China and looked killer. I think now, you know, having the power of what is it, Rich Froning, Tasia, Persevich, uh, Dre, and China now are going to be ridiculous. Because uh, China has a lot of that experience in, on the individual level at the games. Obviously, the rest of that team uh, have been to the games and have been champions and whatnot. But I think that's going to be a, a, like a strong, strong team to, to beat. Uh, in second place, I think it's going to be OC3. And this is more from the side of they're some of the OGs who've been around CrossFit for a long time and didn't just find it last year and are blessed physically. Uh, Plus, they were one of the teams that aren't necessarily built at a superstars. They've been around for a very long time and lucked out because they're a team working out at the same gym for years. Uh, and I think that can't be discounted either. There are a lot of super teams that have been trying to show up, like uh, Misfit Team Don't Stop. But they might be gifted athletes individually. You, The team competition has to have teamwork. There has to be good communication and, like, to the level of mayhem freedom, like nonverbal communication. They know when they're going to push and not push and take breaks and all that stuff. And they don't have to talk to each other or blame each other or blow up at each other because they know what they need to do as a group. Um, I think OC3 definitely has that kind of uh, gel together. In third place, I think Invictus X. Invictus has like 20 teams going there. Uh, but... Invictus X is not the young team. It's what I consider the older team. There are two. Te- there are three teams, I think. There's uh, the young team is like Rasmus Anderson and uh, what's her name, Lauren, plus some other people. And then the there's Invictus. I think that's just Invictus. Invictus X is the older team, which is like the. Uh, the dancers, Sam and Jen, dancer, uh, and Tommy, I forget what his last name is, but he's super strong. Uh, I, I, there's that team, and then there's the East Side team, the cross uh, Invictus Boston. Um, I think Invictus X will take it because Sam Dancer obviously has some experience at the games, um, but they've also done really well, and I think they what they just did one of these last sanctioned events and won outright, which is why they're at the games. But uh, they'll be there uh, doing it as well. Um, but not quite to the level of OC3 and not quite to the level of Mayhem Freedom. In my fourth place pick, I have CrossFit Krypton. That is uh, Ben Smith's affiliate, and that team is just super strong. One of the crazy things that they did this year, too, uh, they... They needed to replace one of the women, and they took Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet, who was the women's individual champion in 2014 and perennial uh, games athlete. She decided this is her first year jumping on team. But just like Invictus X, what I was, or what I was talking about for OC3 being like a great team because they've been a team, Krypton having Camille in there is going to be a little different. We've seen it in the past, too, when things don't go Camille's way. She kind of breaks down mentally and stuff. But I think having one of the uh, the Smith brothers in there uh, and, and their head uh, coach, I forget what his name is, um, those are really strong dudes. And 
the, that team gels well together. My hope is that Camille wasn't too late of an addition and she really gels well there because I think she could be really strong in the team side because the team can pick up some of the other uh, slack in the mental game that might show up there. Other predictions. Ben Smith, who, pre- who received an invitation just days ago, uh, will be in the top 10. Uh, ben had knee surgery earlier this year and competed under full strength at multiple sanctioned events, uh, but failed to qualify by winning any of them. Um, here's a cool fact. He beat Matt Frazier for gold in the individual men's division at the CrossFit Games in 2015. So I think he's going to be top 10. Hunter McIntyre, the infamous blowhard card invite uh, and obstacle course race champion, world champion, and like Tough Mudder X champion and stuff. I think he'll get in like top 50, top 40. I think I wrote in my tweet that I said top 40, but now I don't know. It, it kind of depends as long as uh, heavy lifting isn't directly involved. If they get like a snatch speed ladder, that guy's out. But if they keep it crossfitty and or show a little bit of an endurance bias, then, you know, I think I think he'll actually get pretty far there. But he won't be the top of the top. He'll he'll just like make a couple of the cuts because he probably he operates obviously at a high level of athleticism, but it's not specific to our sport quite yet. Um, I think Amanda Barnhart puts on some amazing performances. I talked about this a second ago. I think she'll get into like top five. I, I think she'll be in fourth place, but she'll ultimately remind us of a younger Sarah Sigmund's daughter in that, like, there are just a couple of self-sabotage things. Like, she forgets that, you know, she's supposed to have, like, two feet on the rope on the way down or, or something like that. She'll get no rep for something silly. Um, that is obviously not a test of fitness, but a test of performance um, at, at the CrossFit Games. Um, meanwhile, Sarah will have her best performance to date. Like I mentioned earlier, Tia is going to dominate and become the first three-peat women's champ. Um, a lot of a lot of fun things that could potentially happen. I mean, I, I guess I should end this with saying, obviously, I'm just predicting and pulling shit out of my ass. This is not um, scientific by any means, but this is what I'm hoping happens this week, and it'll be fun because a lot of this is new uh, to some of us who've been following the sport for a while. Uh, but it should be fun. Again, check out games.crossfit.com. Uh, check out youtube.com slash roguefitness. Uh, youtube.com slash TV. Check out Instagram for Arm and Hammer Rogue Morning Chalk Up. A lot, of, a lot of cool outlets now to follow instead of just one. Um, and enjoy the games. And that's it. You can find us on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate and review if you can. Follow us on social media at TurboGeeksPod. The intro music is Otis McMusic by Otis McDonald. The outro music is Compton, provided by Anchor.fm. Big thank you to Sheena and the team at The Riveter. 
big thank you to CrossFit HQ for continually putting on some fun stuff for a weekend. And shout out to Dave, a.k.a. OK Bro, who will be a guest with us next week. Peace and be kind to one another.